For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Green to inbound. Harden trying to get free. Down to three. Down to two. It's a three. Good! Good! He got it! James Harden, a flamethrower! What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of Believe in the Rockets Only on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, and once again, I have another guest on this podcast. He is the editor of Space City Scoop, my man, Anthony Duckett. What's going on, Anthony? How's it going, man? What's going on with you? Oh, nothing much, man. Just trying to, you know, just get through this, just weather this storm that's going on right now, everything with this coronavirus. Just praying, you know, one, everyone is safe, and two, it could be over soon and things can get back to... You know, things can just get back to normal in a sense. And, you know, every time something like this happens, you know, it's always going to be the after effects that everyone's going to have to go through. Of course, things not going to go 100 percent. But, you know, even though it's dark times, hopefully on the other side of this, you know, this can just bring out the good and positivity out of everyone. For sure. I mean, I hope that happens sooner than later um, because, you know, I'm ready to get back to it, especially the Rockets. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Speaking of the Rockets, you know, I decided to bring you on the show because, Last week, there was a debate amongst Rocket fans and and basketball fans in general about who is the better player, James Harden or Tracy McGrady, you know? And, you know, first and (laughs) foremost, this is not the first time that us Rockets fans have had this debate. I mean, we basically be having this debate, I want to say, ever since 2014, right when we knew James Harden was reaching that peak of an MVP caliber player. You know, that's when the debate kind of started going on. And, you know, here we are in 2020, you know, you look at one guy, he's won an MVP, went to two conference championship. You know, if it wasn't for a hamstring for his former teammate, he might possibly could be sitting on a championship ring right now then you have another guy which is of course Tracy McGrady you know unfortunately he never got out of the first round during his prom you take a look at you know he he has had a lot of what else um in his career especially when you, you take a look at the injuries not only to himself but you take a look at the injuries of you know his teammates as well you take a look at Yao Grant Hill when he was in Orlando but with everything that's aside, and you take a look at James Harden as a player, Tracy McGrady as a player, who are you going with? And please tell me why. All right. So when I first heard this, um, well, I not first heard this, but when it was revisited uh, recently when it went viral, um, I had a couple questions. First question was, are they talking about better Rockets player? Are they talking about better one-on-one player? Uh, are they talking about better offensive player? And then I started to think that, you know, the answer to all those questions is James Harden. Mm. And for, for starters, uh, I mean, there's a long list. Um, but for starters, I mean, he is undeniably the better scorer. I mean, we're talking about the three-time scoring champ consecutive years. Um, I mean, even on what people are saying was a bad year this year, he still averaged still a thir- 34 points a game, still four more points than the nearest person, and that's considered a down year. <laughs> um, now, of course, we have to take into account Harden is a much better three-point shooter uh, than McGrady was. But at the same token, uh, the three-point shot wasn't as uh, valuable um, during uh, McGrady's peak years. Um, but it's fair to say, based on the shooting percentages, uh, McGrady is not necessarily the three-point shooter as Harden. 
Harden is also better at getting to the line, uh, which again, that's kind of a unique skill set that he has. Uh, we didn't necessarily see that um, during McGrady's days, during McGrady's era, but we still have to consider the fact that Harden is a much better uh, free throw shooter uh, than T-Mac. Uh, Harden is also a much more efficient scorer. I mean, he's getting more points on less shots. Um, he's had, I think he had a true shooting percentage of 60% or higher uh, for 10 straight years. Uh, and McGrady actually never did that at all. Um, Harden is also a much better passer. You know, he, he's averaged seven assists a game, uh, at least seven straight years. McGrady also never did that. In fact, Harden led the league in assists during the year that, uh, during Russ's first the triple double average season. Otherwise you could argue Harden would have won the MVP that year. Um, so, I mean, you, you, you have to factor in usage. That plays a part in all this for sure. Um, Harden has had, you know, a extremely high usage rate, um, but not that much higher. I mean, McGrady was 30% usage rate in eight years, um, which Harden was 30% uh, in six straight years, and he even topped the 40% mark. Uh, but, I mean, all in all, what I would have to say is that, you know, Harden did a lot more with less. I mean, he led pedestrian Rockets teams to the postseason. The first year he was here, 2012-13, I mean, that was essentially a lottery team with wow. James Harden. <laughs> that was essentially a lottery team. I mean, if you take Harden off that team, I'm not convinced they make it to the playoffs that season, his first year here. And it showed, I mean, they ran up against the OKC Thunder, who were the top seed, uh, and, and the Rockets, you know, they they had some some great moments during that season, but they were they were no match for that OKC team. Of course, with still Russ, you know, Katie, um, you know, Serge Ibaka, the team that Harden had just you know uh, been to the NBA Finals with, or as a member of. And on top of that, I mean, he also he also the 2015-16 Rockets team. I know we still had Dwight Howard on that squad, but at that point, Dwight Howard was not the same player that. It's not the same force, at least, that he had been in Orlando or even in his first season here in Houston. Um, that team made it to the playoffs just off of Harden's back. Again, you know, eight seed going up against top seeded Warriors, no match there. But again, that's a lottery team for sure without Harden on there. Um, the 2016 17 um, team, they made it to the second round. Now, that team wasn't necessarily as bad, I would say, as the the other two teams I mentioned, um, but Harden was the only star. I mean, that, that was the first year of Eric Gordon, first year of Mike D'Antoni, first year of Ryan Anderson, um, and they make it to the second round. Again, that's not a team that I would think would have gone that far without Harden on it. Um, so when you factor, you know, when you factor it all in, um, we do have to also take into account uh, playoff success. Yeah, now, well, un unfortunately, yes. <laughs> and you kind of mentioned in the beginning that, you know, we would have a, a ring by now with Harden were it not for CP3's hamstring injury. Um, you know, I hate to bring that, bring that up or revisit that. Cause that's like one of the greatest what if moments in Rockets history. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I mean, even, even, even the prime T-Mac, which was, we could say prime T-Mac was from when he got to Orlando um, through, we would say through his Rockets tenure. I mean, McGrady never made it past the first round, and he was arguably surrounded by a lot better uh, supporting cast, a lot more, uh, certainly than those three teams I just mentioned that Harden was on. Um, but, you know, he just couldn't get healthy. And, and that's one of the most unfortunate things I would say about all this is that we do have to factor in health, um, which is, I mean, it's not really fair, but, you know, um, part of part of McGrady's thing is he just could not stay healthy you know yeah you know unfortunately it is you know part of the Tracy McGrady story that he could not stay healthy but Anthony 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 you know you made some good points you made some valid good points in your argument but some of what you said that you know, the reason why James Harden is better, I just don't agree with. First and foremost, let's talk about James Harden's <laughs> team. Excluding sure. his first year in Houston, let's, let's, let's take 2013 out of it because that was the first time, you know, he was actually the star of a franchise and no one knew what they was getting out, out of James Harden. I remember when news broke 
that the Rockets had just traded for James Harden. I was with my girlfriend, who is now my wife, Angelica, and I looked at her and I said, man, James Harden is about to become a really good player. Did I see an MVP caliber player? Hell no. If I if I told you yes, I'd be lying. I just thought, you right. know, okay, he could make a couple all-stars appearance, probably get us to the second round, boom, done, get traded, we get somebody else. But no, 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 no. I did not expect this from James Harden. But sure. when you take a look at the team that Daryl Morey has built around James Harden ever since he came to Houston, James Harden has had the better team. First and foremost, this is a guy who has played with not one, not two, but three Hall of Fame players in Houston, Dwight Howard, Chris Paul, now Russell Westbrook. You look at how deep those teams were was when he was in the playoffs. That Those teams was not better than Tracy McGrady's team. You take a look at 2015, you had Dwight Howard, Hall of Fame player. You also had Trevor Ariza, Patrick Beverly, Terrence Jones, by the way, who averaged a good 12 and 8 that season. You also had Josh Smith, um, Jason Terry, Corey Brewer coming off the bench. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most people might laugh at those names, but think about it, Anthony. When you look back at the playoff series, every single one of those guys stepped up when the time was needed. And, and, and do I have to remind you that it wasn't James Harden, but it was Dwight Howard, Josh Smith, Corey Brewer, Jason Terry, who brought the Rockets back from down 20 in the fourth quarter in game six of a playoff series. Now, I granted James Harden did ball out in game seven, and of course I give him that. But if it wasn't for those guys stepping up, the Rockets would have went home and the Clippers would have never blown a 3-1 lead. So you got to take that into consideration. You look at 2017, he gets to the playoffs. He's playing against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, that team is basically a mirror of each other because you had Westbrook versus Harden versus their supporting cast. But just like in 2015, those players stepped up when the time was right. You take a look at how well Patrick Beverly played against Russell Westbrook. Even Ryan Anderson at the time was hitting shots. Eric Gordon was hitting shots. Trevor Reason was doing his thing. Lou Williams was coming off the bench doing his thing. Even when you take a look at the team that he led to the Western Conference Finals in 2018 with Chris Paul, Clint Capella at that time was basically a borderline all-star. P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, um, Gerald Green. like He has had so many role players who stepped up when the time was right, and those teams were, were better. And not to remind you, just like in 2015 when they made the conference finals, in 2018 when they made the conference finals and they went up 3-2 against the Warriors, it wasn't James Harden. It was Chris Paul who actually stepped up. Remember, it was Chris Paul that took over that game five. Remember, he hit that shot. It was shimmying in um, Steph Curry's face. <laughs> it, that was Chris <laughs> Paul. All I'm saying is when it, when it comes to James Harden's team, he has had the better team. When you look at Tracy McGrady, whether you want to look at him from Orlando, but if, even if you want to look at him in Houston, and I'm going to keep this argument um, relatively just talking about the Rockets since, you know, both of these guys are – you know, part of the Rockets. But when you sure. take a look at McGrady's entire career from Orlando to Houston, he never really had a team. You take a look at the Orlando team. It wasn't supposed to be the, the, the Tracy McGrady solo show. It was supposed to be the Tracy McGrady and Grant Hill show. But Grant Hill was out on the sideline every single day due to a bad ankle injury. Um, you know, so it, and I have to admit this. When he signed in Orlando, it wasn't supposed to be just him and Grant Hill. I don't know if you know this, but it was supposed to be him, Grant Hill, and Tim Duncan. But the reason why Duncan backed out of the deal and, re and re-signed in Orlando in 2000 or 2001, I can't remember which one it was, Tim Duncan asked Doc Rivers, could he bring his family on the team plan? And Doc Rivers told him no. And we're not talking right. about, you know, family member as in, you know, your Uncle Ray Ray or your cousin Pookie. Or no, no. All he wanted was his right. wife and his then one child to be on the team playing from time to time when they travel. Doc Rivers told him no. So that decision, that decision basically destroyed what could have been a dynasty. Could you imagine that Orlando Magic team going up against the Shaq and Kobe Lakers? We missed out on something. Great. We missed out on something great. But that's neither here or there. But then you take a look at his team in Houston. The only Hall of Fame player and the only, I don't want to say good player because that'd be a disrespectful to Shan Battier and, and um, Rafa Austin and, and Chuck Hayes, Hayes and even Luis Scola. You Mark know, um, 
Yeah, yeah, even Ron Artest, but that was only for one season. I'm going to get to that. But yeah. when you take a look at the prom McGrady years in Houston, it was basically just him and Yao Ming. Every time they got to the playoffs, it was always McGrady did not have the better team. The only time you can say McGrady had a better team than his opponent, and if you want to hold this against him, go right ahead, was 2005 when they lost seven games against the Dallas Mavericks. That was the only time. You take a look at that Utah Jazz team that broke my heart back-to-back years. That team was deep. That team was better than the Rockets, basically, at all aspects when, when you break the roster down. And not only that, a lot of times when James Harden goes into the playoffs, like even in the regular season, when you look at some of the big games he has had, when you take a look at his teammates, they're always available. But when you take a look at Tracy McGrady, it was always Yao Ming's is not there. Yao Ming isn't there. Yao Ming isn't there. You know, this person isn't there. You know, injuries hindered McGrady's career, not only for him personally, but his next so-called co-star player, it hindered them as well. Grant Hill, Yao Ming. To me, I just think James Harden, yes, he is a phenomenal player, and I do not believe that James Harden does not perform in the, in the playoffs. The only time you could blame James Harden, quote-unquote, for not showing up was the playoff series against the Spurs in 2007, which I, even though, you know, we lost in an embarrassing fashion, I'm still under the impression that there's no way in hell we should have been in that series. Nobody expected the Rockets to get to six game against that San Antonio team. But once again, that lets you know right. not only James Harden, but every one of his teammates stepped up versus McGrady. It was always, damn, this person out, this person out, this person is way better than this person. I mean, just just look at just look at the the, the point guard. I mean. Yes, McGrady had Ray for Austin, but I would much rather see a backcourt of Tracy McGrady and Patrick Beverly versus, you know, Tracy McGrady and Ray for Austin. You know, that's no knock against Ray but I personally believe that Patrick Beverly is the better player. So, sure. you know, that that that's that's one thing I'll have to take of. And now as for their one-on-one style of play, I know you mentioned, you know, it, it's kind of hard. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when we try to compare players from different eras, it's hard because they, they play by different rules. They have different mindset. I know you talked about James Harden efficiency and yes, his efficiency is out of this world, but you have to remember Tracy McGrady also played in the era where if you wasn't jacking up shots, you are not trying to win. And he played in arguably the most inefficient era of all time led by him, Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, Paul Pierce, uh, Vince right. Carter, like those guys were just jacking up shots just to jack them up yeah. half the time. Um, as for this era <laughs> of basketball, it's like they based their game a lot more around analytics, you know, and the, and best, the higher yeah, percentage, high percentage shots. So for me personally, I, I kind of take that out of it. But to me, the better scorer and the better all-around player, I'm going to have to go with Tracy McGrady because – no. When you look at when you look at James Harden, when Harden has the ball in his hands, you know he's going to do either one of three things. And this is no knock against Harden. What let 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 can I can I just say a statement real quick so I won't get attacked by Rockets Twitter? I love <laughs> it James might be too late. Harden. It, it might be. You you know what? They probably already turned the podcast all by now. They're already probably blowing up my, my, my Twitter. But let me just say this. For the ones who are still listening, I love James Harden. I love the Rockets. James Harden is my favorite player in the league today. He is one of, let's say, top five, top four favorite Rocket of all time. Um, oh, that's way too low. I'm, I say my favorite. I to me, I have an emotional attachment to the to the Tracy McGrady and Steve Francis because that's who I grew up on, you know? Okay. <laughs> but I, I love James Harden, but when James Harden does have the ball, you know he's going to do one of three things if he's trying to score. Either he's going to do a step back three, he's going to attack the basket, and if he attacks the basket, he's either going to go one of two ways. Either he's going to do his phenomenal Euro step, make the layup, or he's going to draw a foul. You mentioned that James Harden is also a better three-point shooter and a better foul shooter, but I'm looking at it from a standpoint where when you look at his foul shots, 
you know, Tracy McGrady was, was a pretty damn good free throw shooter for his sure. generation, but he was also playing in the era where the game was called just a tad bit more different, and it was a lot more aggressive. A lot of fouls that James Harden is getting now, Tracy McGrady would not have gotten those fouls in the early to mid-2000s. Also, James Harden is actually looking for the foul to be called versus to where Tracy McGrady isn't. You know, when Tracy McGrady was attacking the basket, he was actually looking to score. Once again, this is not a knock against James Harden, but he has gotten to the line a hell of a lot more than Tracy McGrady. So, of course, his free throw percentage is going to be better. When you take a look at the three-point shot, of course, James Harden's three-point percentage is going to be a lot higher because I believe you even mentioned this in your statement. James Harden is playing in an era where the three-point shot is basically valued at an all-time high. As for when it was Tracy McGrady, he was playing in a different era where the better shot for guys like him and the Kobe Bryant's and the Vince Carter was that mid-range pull-up game. So they wasn't too focused on the three-point. And now you know they could make it. But they didn't sure. take as many three-point shots as James Harden is doing today. So me personally, I believe that Tracy McGrady is the better scorer. P- playmaker? What, what's your take on both of them being a playmaker? I kind of know you're going to go with James Harden. What's your take on a playmaker? You saying what's my take on the better playmaker? Yeah, what's your take on a better playmaker? Uh, So... What I would say is, to me, a better playmaker is someone that makes those around them better, for one, uh, and increases the production, productivity of the surrounding cast. Um, And what I would also say is that, first of all, I want to actually backtrack to a few things that you actually hit on, if you don't mind that. So when you talk about, you know, McGrady's supporting cast always being, you know, unavailable, being injured, being dinged up. We cannot give him a pass either. He also was one of those in the same boat where, again, it was, man, the Rockets, if they had a fully healthy team, man, if McGrady was healthy, oh, man, you know, Rockets, you know, McGrady missed 30 games, you know, one year after another, or 40 games, you know, and they, and they missed the postseason. I mean, McGrady is also in that conversation, which we cannot say at all about Harden. Now, people do think that he's come up short in certain games, uh, most notably the game that you referenced with series you referenced against the Spurs. That's true. But we, we do have to give Harden credit for whatever it is that he's done. He's never been in the conversation of, man, I wish he was healthy, man. I wish that he was, you know, playing in this game. You know, that's one thing. Another thing is that um, him getting to the line more. It's true. You're right. The game is called differently now than it was during that era, much different era. Again, also why it's tough to make the comparison because you're comparing players different eras, different playing styles, all that. Uh, but part of Harden getting to the line so much is that he has it, he's been innovative in his ability to, in a way, he does bait uh, other players um, into fouls. But it's not so much baiting; it's more so he has a textbook understanding of the rules. And the fans don't like it necessarily because, you know, a lot of people think it's boring basketball per se. Um, But again, it's just his uh, ability and knowledge of the game, the rules that, you know, opposing players get mad, but it's simple. Just don't foul them. Right. Yeah, most definitely. But, but getting back to the playmaker conversation, I would say that the better playmaker for sure uh, is Harden. And not just because, I mean, the assist number, if you go off the assist numbers, you know, that's not, not not necessarily a question or even a conversation. Um, but we see Harden actually looking for the pass. Um, McGrady actually, so he did have one year uh, when he was in Houston where he was, I think, 12th in assists that season, mm-hmm. which is like a career high. He was six and a half assists that year. Um, but it took McGrady to actually shift uh, his way of thinking into trying to find his teammates. Um Whereas from the time Harden came to Houston, he was averaging six assists a game from the very start. Even with like, even what you said, like you said, uh, that particular team, he wasn't necessarily surrounded by, you know, a lot of, you know, star contributors, you know, but he was able to, he's able to facilitate. And part of that is because of how the defenses key in on him. I mean, we see Harden even now getting triple teamed at half court or getting double teamed behind three point line. 
So part of it, granted, makes it easier for him to find open players because there's somebody open if he's being triple teamed, right? But he also has to get credit for being able to constantly find that person and being able to constantly make that pass. Well, here's my um, here's my take on James Harden being the better playmaker. Now, I would say I would give James Harden a nod when it comes to being a playmaker, but James Harden, ever since he has been on this team, he has been the point guard. And the point guard job is to facilitate and make his teammates better, especially given the fact that he's playing under Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni is the perfect coach for a guy like James Harden. I do believe if Mike D'Antoni would have found his way to Philadelphia in the early 2000s, I believe Allen Iverson would have would have won a ring playing under Mike D'Antoni because to me, D'Antoni is a coach. He is best made for a straight hooper. You can't just say James Harden is a shooting guard. You can't just say James Harden is a point guard. No, James Harden is a hooper. I believe we need basketball, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, needs to make his own category called just the greatest hooper of all time. And that's what James Harden is. He reminds me so much of Allen Iverson on so many different ways because, you know, he can he can go back and forth from playing the one to playing the two. But, you know, you say James Harden is looking, he's looking for the pass. I give you that. Yes. Why? Because he is the point guard. He has been the point guard ever since he basically stepped foot in the Toyota Center during the fall of 2012. As for Tracy McGrady, once again, he played in the era where if you ain't trying to jack up shots, you're not trying to win. Those guys in the early 2000s, like, like the Kobe's, the McGrady's, the, the Paul Pierce, the Vince Carter's, they, they didn't care about passing the ball. They could. I've seen. I've seen seasons. I've seen games where it's like, damn, I didn't know they could be that good of a, of a facilitator. Now you're looking at it from a standpoint. And, and another thing that I want to say about McGrady versus this whole James Harden re- reference, you, you you see that James Harden is basically playing for the perfect coach in Mike D'Antoni. Tracy McGrady never had that opportunity. Tracy McGrady never played for a coach that is tailor-made for his game plan. Now, the best coach, in my opinion, that he has ever played for was Jeff Van Gundy. But Jeff Van Gundy wasn't an offense type of guy. He wasn't a guy who is, you know, we're going to put the ball in McGrady's hand and let him go to work. No, his forte was, we're going to play through Yao. That's part of the reason why him and Steve Francis did not get along. He wanted to play through Yao Ming, which means... McGrady really didn't have the ball in his hands, you know, so much. And when you take, when you go back and look at those games, every single game, yes, McGrady brought the ball up court, but he wasn't bringing up the, bringing the ball up the court as a point guard or, or, or whatnot. As for James Harden, every single possession, this man is touching the ball. He is bringing the ball up court as soon as you inbounds it. So, like I said, I would give the nod to James Harden only due to the fact that, one, he is basically the point guard, and two, he, you know, facilitates, and he has had that title ever since he came to Houston, but it's not that much of a gap only due to the fact that McGrady, at the end of the day, that a lot of people don't know, this guy was actually a really good playmaker, a really good facilitator. I've seen games where he recorded over 10, 10 assists. I've seen seasons where, you know, he was facilitate, facilitating the ball. And if he was in this system that James Harden is playing in, the freedom where he can just grab the ball and do whatever the hell he wants to, I think we would have seen Tracy McGrady playmaking ability go to a different level. Now, that's on offense. <laughs> Is there anything in your mind that say James Harden is a better defensive player than Tracy McGrady? Well, wait, so a couple of things. Sorry, I hate to keep doing this uh, to get back to get back to your previous point. No, go um, ahead. But well, when you're talking about how you know, McGrady, he wasn't just wasn't the type of player. He wasn't looking for the pass. I mean, that kind of has to be a knock on McGrady because if you're playing with the all-time great, depending on what you think, uh, of Yao, Hall of Fame center. I mean, why would you not be looking to, in your mind, get that guy, you know, feed, feed that man? You know, you got to feed a big man. And although you're right about, you know, Harden's playing the point guard, I think we're in an era right now of positionless basketball 
where, you know, you've got LeBron, a six foot nine. He's, I guess he's a small forward technically, but he's really the point guard. Or you have Durant, you know, especially in OKC, you know, who was a 6'11, you know, small forward or 6'11 forward, and he's bringing the ball up court as if he's a point guard. So, I mean, that part I wouldn't necessarily tack on to Harden. I think that's just kind of, again, the difference in era. You know, it is kind of a positionless uh, basketball era that we're in now, whereas back then, during McGrady's time, that definitely was not the case. Well, I will say this. I don't want you to think that I'm saying, you know, McGrady wasn't looking to pass, making him seem like a ball hall because he wasn't. Like I just say, you know, McGrady, a, a lot of part when you talk about McGrady, that's something that does not get brought up, that he was actually a good passer, a good facilitator, a good playmaker. What I'm saying is it wasn't McGrady's responsibility as much as it is for James Harden to get his teammates involved, to, you know, sure. to, to, to call out plays and to, um, you, you know, just create like that for his for his teammates. I'm not saying McGrady never did that, but I'm saying when you go back and look at those games, Tracy McGrady actually played with another guy that the coach was like, hey, Ray for Austin, it's, it's up to you to take the ball up court. Aaron Brooks, it's up to you to take the ball up court, get everybody in their in they set. Bob Sorer, it's up to you to take the ball up court and get everyone in their set. When it comes to Mike D'Antoni, you know how D'Antoni is. It just gives the ball to James Harden, well, which is now Russell Westbrook too, but it's just it gives the right. ball to James Harden. And James, you go to work, you do what's best for you. That's why I say if Tracy McGrady was to play in under Mike D'Antoni and have the freedom as a James Harden, I do think we will see more of a playmaker in T-Mac versus you know, versus like what we see in James Harden. And like I said, that's no knock against Harden, you know, saying, you know, he's only a good playmaker because he plays on the Mike D'Antoni. No, if, if I say that, that would be a straight up lie because we've seen him when he was under Kevin McHale. We actually seen it in OKC. But sure. I believe if it wasn't for Mike D'Antoni, we would not know James Harden that much of being a playmaker and a facilitator, similar to the way we see McGrady. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, what I will say is that if if McGrady played in Dan Tony's style, yeah, sure, he would benefit from having more freedom. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that the results would be the same as they've been with Harden, because I do think they have different skill sets. Um, but it, it's fair. It's fair to say that you know, if he was under Dan Tony and maybe had a little bit more freedom, um, that you know, we might see a different type of player. But what I also will say is that just because Rafer Austin or Bob Sura, you know, brings the ball to court, you know, that doesn't mean that T-Mac can't, can't demand the ball or, or can't call for the ball. You know, he had a little bit of a laid back uh, personality, uh, which, I mean, there's no knock against him. It's just, just kind of how, how he is, how he's wired. But at the same token, like I said, just because he didn't bring the ball to court doesn't mean that he didn't have to touch the ball in each possession. I mean, yes, you are correct, but at the same time, that just goes back into the system that they are playing in as well. McGrady, is, it was basically his number one job was to score versus James sure. Harden. It's like, yes, his number one job is to score, but it's also to be a playmaker as well to get everyone involved. Um, you know, and, and we and we still have seen that when he played with Chris Paul, and we still seen that today with him playing alongside Russell Westbrook. But I'm just yeah. under under the belief where if you take the same team we saw in 2018, 19, and 20, and you were to only all you have to do was just replace the coach. Let's just say we kept Kevin McHale or we replaced him with a Greg Popovich or any other coach, we would just see James Harden a little differently. We would see James sure. Harden playmaking playmaking ability a little bit similar to the way we see, you know, Tracy McGrady. Once again, that's not saying he can't do it or not saying that Tracy McGrady can't do it, but it's the fact that every single time under Mike D'Antoni is give James the ball, James, you go to work versus any other coach. It's like, okay, James, you can do this, but Chris Paul is our point guard. Russell Westbrook is our point guard, which means he would not get as much freedom as he does under Mike D'Antoni. That's fair. Um, that's fair. I mean, but one, one big thing about about Harden, you know, Harden's passing is a, a bulk of his assists just come from feeding the ball to the center, with, you know, with that lob pass. And that's kind of an area that, you know, I, I, not to shift gears, that's kind of an area where I think the small balls kind of hurt him a little bit because, you know, Harden, Man. you know, that lob pass. 
I'm so I'm sorry <laughs> to cut you off, but I'm so happy you said that. I actually did a film study a couple months ago, um, right before things got crazy with the whole coronavirus. And, you know, I, I said that in my post. I said, you know, the reason why we've seen a, a, a slump in James Harden is due to the fact that not having Clint Capella or not having a big who can be a lob threat, yeah, it's hurting his game because you know think about it when you had Clint Capella or Dwight Howard or just a, a lob threat back there, it's like okay, James Harden got you on the island. He's driving to the lane. It's like he could do. He literally have three options: draw the foul, um, make the layup, or throw the lob. And that connection he had with Capella was so dangerous. With them taking that right. out, I've seen so many guys basically double-team James Harden when he's driving to the lane because it's like everybody's on a three-point line, so you know he's not going to throw the lob no more. I'm so happy you said that, Anthony. <laughs> well, yeah, but part, part of why I said it is because, you know, he, he has shown his ability to play with centers. Uh, and although, you know, yeah, I was not, you know, a, 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 a lob uh, finisher, um, you know, we – I would argue that if Harden had a Yao on his team, his assist numbers might even go up. Mm, I'm, I wouldn't necessarily say it would go up. Because um, now, you, now you're saying, you know, he's about to turn into Magic Johnson. No, I wouldn't say all that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say his assists go up. Like I said earlier, you know, when Tracy McGrady was driving to the lane, he was actually looking to attack the basket. And like you say, Yao isn't a lob threat. You know he's not going to throw an alley hoop to Yao. Matter of fact, when we get off of this, um, when we get done with the show, I'm actually going to go to YouTube and count how many lobs McGrady actually threw <laughs> to Yao okay. um, just to see the number. And I'll send it to you if I could find any. But, you know, just saying on topic, you know, versus, you know, sure. versus James Harden, once again, that just goes back to James Harden is actually looking to, you know, find the right pass versus McGrady. He was always in that mindset, not saying he was always in the mindset, but it was basically his job to score, score, score versus James Harden sure. is score, pass, score, you know? Sure. But at the same time, if you, if you consider that argument, then you have to admit that Harden is actually doing more or at least has been more versatile because like you said, he has, he has had to do more because he does have the freedom and the autonomy, which means that his job is to not only get buckets, but to also pass as well. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. You know, and that's why I say, you know, I would give the nod to James Harden. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it just goes back to them playing in, in different eras. Now, for sure, my next for sure. question, you know, before we try to determine a winner, which I know we probably <laughs> want, um, is there anything in your mind that believes that James Harden is a better defender than Tracy McGrady? So here's the thing. Harden has gotten a knock, uh, and, I mean, deservedly so, uh, earlier in his Rockets days mm -hmm. of not being a solid defender. And the reason why is just because of effort. Uh, when, you, when you look at the effort that he put forth on the offensive end, it, it was not, not even halfway matching that on the defensive end. So because of that, a lot of the Harden memes – uh, the Harden defense jokes earlier in his Rockets days were fair. But what's gotten lost in all that is that Harden is actually arguably the best, or one of, for sure, the best post-defenders in the league. Yes, you sir. Know, I, mean, we, I mean, we've even seen D'Antoni. Uh, I think the first game against Milwaukee, D'Antoni actually had Harden in a post as opposed to Capella. Now, mm -hmm. it was kind of a questionable, kind of a questionable strategy late in a game like that on a seven-footer. But the fact of the matter is Harden is one of the best post defenders. And this is like the second straight year. I think his, I think his defensive field goal percentage is like the best on the team this year, you know? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so now if you're looking at the totality of Harden as a Houston rocket and you're looking at defense, you know, as an aggregate, it's definitely not been there, but he definitely has turned it on the last several seasons for sure. Honestly, Pre-2016, James Harden defense was a joke. After sure. 2016, when you when you go into 2017, 18, 19, and today, James Harden defense has been fairly good, especially when you take a look at how great of a defender he has been in the post. That's why I was so confused when Giannis Antetokounmpo got up there and said that in the All-Star game in the fourth quarter yeah. that every – like the game plan was just to attack James Harden, especially Whoever in the post. I'm like, yeah. 
I'm like, why? That doesn't make sense. James Harden is arguably the best post defender in the league. And we're not saying that because we're Rockets fans and we cover the Rockets or anything like that. It's the truth. I didn't, that's right. why I, I didn't get that joke. But, you know, to bring it back to the T-Mac versus James Harden debate, um, I'm going with Tracy McGrady. He came into the league. They was calling, they were saying his defense can get as good as Scottie Pippen. And um, he almost got there, but once again, just taking on the load that he had to take on. He even mentioned it. He said, you know, there were times I, I, I took games off defensively because I had to carry so much of the load in Orlando. And, you know, but even that type of defensive performance from Tracy McGrady is still better than what James Harden has been doing. That's no knock against Harden, but, I mean, come on, now. it's, it's T-Mac. <laughs> you know, I mean, hell, uh, even Kobe Bryant himself said, you know, the the hardest player he had to go up against was Tracy McGrady, you know, not only for the things he could do offensively, but the fact that he was just so long, he was so quick, and he was, and Kobe even said he's just, he was just a good defender. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's fair. I mean, when it comes to, this is a different, I mean, when it comes to Kobe, I would argue the hardest defender he had was Battier. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he just felt like because he used to always gash us, you know, maybe he he felt like Battier was not a, you know, a, a test for him. But, man, they had some battles, man. But, mm-hmm. but getting back to what you're saying, you know, we, we, definitely, we definitely saw, like I said, if you're looking at it as an aggregate, we definitely saw, you know, more consistent defensive effort from McGrady than Harden. But I will say that I think peak Harden as a defender – I would take that over peak McGrady's defense. And why is that? Well, like I said, I mean, when when Harden is in the post, you know, you're not getting a bucket. You're, you're not. You're just not. You know, and and like, you know, like I said, you know, Giannis try to take shots to whoever can say whatever it is they want to say. But the truth of the matter is, the numbers back that up. That we're talking about the best defensive post player in the league, and I don't feel like we ever could say that McGrady was one of the best defensive anything in the league. Not that he wasn't a good defender, but was he, could we say that he was the best or arguably the best? I don't, I can't say that. Post. No, because I mean, that means McGrady would have to play and defend the lights of a Tim Duncan or a Shaquille O'Neal, but perimeter. Yes. You know, McGrady's perimeter game on the defensive end when he played defense, <laughs> was was yeah. fairly good. Once again, I mean, that's not only coming from Tracy McGrady. I mean, you 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 also – I also heard it from guys like Vince Carter and, um, sure. you know, guys like Dwayne Wade. They just talked about how hard it was just to – just to score on McGrady because he was so quick, because he was so long, and he was smart yeah. defensively. You know, that's out that's on true. the perimeter. Like I say, it's kind of hard – like – you know, as much as we're trying, it's it's just hard to compare players in different eras because sure. as great of a post defender James Harden is in today's game, he's not going to get away with that going up against the likes of Duncan or or Neil. That's true. But, for sure, the, the 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 big man is definitely not nowadays what it was during McGrady's era. And I also will I also will give I, I'll give McGrady credit when it came to perimeter defense. He definitely had lockdown perimeter defense. He 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 had the athleticism you know, and the frame, like you mentioned, to, you know, to be a, a, a tough uh, defender on the perimeter. So maybe, so maybe, oh, I won't say maybe, uh, I will give McGrady credit there when it comes to him as a perimeter, perimeter defender. But I still think that, you know, when you look at all around defense, even if you're giving McGrady's credit on the perimeter, I, I don't think that he was as good on the perimeter as Harden is in the post. But at the same time, you know, you really can't compare that because it's apples to oranges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. So, um, <laughs> winner, <laughs> winner. Who are you taking, James Harden? Or Tracy oh, I'm taking McGrady? Harden. Oh, I'm taking Harden. <laughs> you taking Harden? I'm taking Tracy McGrady. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, it's just one of those fun debates. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I always tell people every time I debate them, you know, especially when it comes to the Rockets. At the end of the day, that just lets you know how great of a team the Rockets have been you know, throughout their franchise history. I mean, we're having a debate of who's better out of James Harden and and Tracy McGrady. Pretty soon, depending on what Harden can do, 
it's not going to be a, a debate between him and T-Mac. It's going to be a debate between him and Hakeem Olajuwon on who's the better all-time Rocket. So, sure. <laughs> you know, no so that just so at the end of that, that just lets you know how great Tracy McGrady was, but unfortunately he couldn't never reach his full potential. Whether if you look at, you know, the lack of teammates he had or the injuries to, bro- to both him or his co-star. Um, and just letting you know at the end of the day, like, man, we are literally tru- truly witnessing arguably one of the greatest players in James Harden. I mean, you know, I, I say this all the time, like looking at the all time list, let's just say shooting guard, because that's what James Harden is labeled. And you can let me know if you agree with this or not. James Harden right now is possibly the fifth or best shooting guard of all time. And fifth best shooting guard. Wait, let me let me finish. Let me finish. I say right now of all time. The only person, okay. well, when you come to shooting guards, you have of course Kobe, Jordan, um, Dwayne Wade, those Dwayne three. Wade. The only one I would say he might have a case and an argument against is Allen Iverson. Right now it's neck and neck, but I would give the nod to Iverson. If James Harden can win. No, one no, championship, no, no. I would say he will move past Allen Iverson. If he wins two, you really got to start considering, okay, him or Dwayne Wade. Like, to me, the mm. D-Wade, the shift for James Harden to, to pass Jordan and Brian, that's far gone. I mean, that's that's just way out there. Unless oh, he yeah, on the street, I, I, I'll, I'll agree. I'll agree with that. Unless he wins the next eight championships and bring them to Houston, there's no way he could catch those two. But James Harden, if he win, even if he wins one, you can say, okay, the debate between him and D-Wade is starting. I'm going to let you I'm gonna let you let me know how you feel about this. But right now, him and Ellen Iverson is neck and neck. But if this man won one or two championships in the next couple of years, you, you're talking about we literally witnessed the third greatest shooting guard of all time. No, man. I, I actually think that – I think we can have that conversation now. And I'll tell you now. why I think we can have that conversation now. Wait, let, let me ask you this. Even – even with the success Dwayne Wade has had over the 16-year career? Because remember, this is a guy who averaged like 30 to 40 points in the finals in 2006. Right. So we'll get, So we can give Wade that championship that he had in 06. Because, I mean, they, they he don't get there. They definitely don't win that without D-Wade. But mm-hmm. the other two that he got, I mean, you're, you, you're adding in LeBron James, you're adding in Chris Bosh. I mean, they had great role players in Battier at one point, uh, Mike Miller, another shooter, Ray Allen. I mean, the other two champ- – now, granted, you know, you can't ever take a ring away from someone. Uh, a pl- you know, you win a championship, that's, you know, that's forever. They won that championship. They got that ring. But at the same token, if LeBron doesn't join the Heat, I mean, does Wade even have those two rings? That's a good question. You know? Now the unfair part about about the ring and see the ring argument is is such that, that gets so dicey because when it comes to Harden, like I said, you know, if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, are we do, does he already have a ring? And if that happens, then are we are we saying that he's are you saying that he's fifth? If Chris Paul doesn't injure his hamstring and the Rockets play the Cavs in the finals, they would have. I mean, it, most people would argue they would have won that series. So if Harden has a ring. Then are you still saying he's third best? Or no, I'm sorry, fifth best? No, because you know we and when I say all time, you know I'm talking about legacies. I'm not talking about like what me and you sure. were just doing like the better player. Because um, sure, I sure. mean, as much as I love T Mac, it's hard to debate this man legacy, um, and that's unfortunate. Sure. Un- unfortunately, but if James Harden was to win a championship, you know, rather if it's this year, if it was in last year or in 2018, which was their best year. I would say he would have surpassed Allen Iverson because think about it. I, I even say this. James Harden reminds me of Allen Iverson. And the only reason why I, I still give the nod, and I'm talking about a slim, slight nod to Iverson, is due to the fact that this guy was basically my height going out there and, and became the lead MVP, going out there averaging 30, 40 points per game. You know, so it's like, okay, sure. him and James Harden, they, they, they're around the same thing. Like I say, they just go out there and hoop. But if James were to win a championship, let's say if, you know, they start the playoffs tomorrow and James Harden leads this team to a championship, okay, he surpassed Allen Iverson because, unfortunately, Iverson does not have a championship. Now you're looking at the legacy between him and D-Wade. 
at that point, you could say you could start having a debate. But if Jay, like you say, you know, that first championship D-Wade has, you know, to me, championships sure. are always going to, going to, you're always going to have one championship that's going to be worth more than anything. Like the no like Kobe has five championships, but the one I saw him win against the Celtics in 2010, that to me is like right. okay, that that solidified your stat your status. Um, For sure. Versus to where, like Dirk Nowitzki, you know, you look at his one ring, his one 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 ring to me, and it's no knock against Kevin Durant or the all that Warriors team, but that one ring that Dirk won in 2011 against that Heat team is worth more than the two rings combined that Kevin Durant has. Now, once again, this is no disrespect to KD. This is no disrespect sure. to the Warriors because they went out and did that. But you, to me, you have to look at, um, you know, how they got it and what they had to go through. As you just sure. said, the first ring, the first ring Dwayne Wade has, that works a lot. But you take a look no at doubt. the other two, LeBron James, arguably one of the GOATs, Chris Bosh, arguably one of the best talents of his generation, versus to when sure. whenever James Harden win that second ring, he gonna you can really say either he either he's neck and neck with D Wade or at this point he surpassed him. Well, I mean, if you're talking about legacy, then sure, uh, that's a bit of a different argument because that takes into account legacy defining moments, and that's an area that I just don't believe that we've seen uh, yet from Harden. I mean, he. I mean, I think Dura Mori was recently on a um, podcast with uh, Lowe, Zach Lowe of ESPN, and he even said that, you know, Harden has not had a – Harden's best playoff moment happened in OKC, which was mm-hmm. a series against the Spurs, right, where, I mean, he was, yeah. he was unstoppable. The Spurs just couldn't stop him. But aside from that, we really haven't had a legacy-defining moment from Harden. Now, I don't necessarily know that we have had – we had a lot of those from Iverson, either per se uh playoffs yeah, we have. I mean, yeah they well i mean he he took that Sixers team to the to the finals uh, and, and that his was legacy defining his legacy defining moment is dropping 50 on the kobe and shaq lakers handing them their one and only loss and of course the iconic him hitting that fadeaway shot stepping over to Ta- talu that came Tyloo, in a 50 sure. point win game one in the finals in la I mean, yeah, but but we're still talking about a player that doesn't have a ring. And when you talk about legacies being defined, unfortunately, the rings get brought up when you're talking about entire legacies is what I'm getting at. Let me, let me ask you this question. As of right now, where do you have James Harden when you take a look at everything this man has done, basically his career in Houston? When you take a look at everything this man has done, where do you have James Harden ranked on the all-time greatest shooting guard list? So all-time greatest shooting guard, I, I think you hit it on the head uh, when it comes to the fact that Jordan and Kobe, they're, they are the unequivocal one and two. Wait, 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 um, wait, 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 wait. Say that, say that again, but this time put Kobe first and then Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that, that's the correct order. Jordan and Kobe are one and two. But I'll put Harden there at, at number three. I'll hmm. put him there at number three. You already um, have him over D-Wade. Yeah, because like I said, I mean, I mean, all I'm really looking at, I mean, look, D-Wade was a, is, is one of the greatest, not only shooting guards, but greatest players ever. I'd argue that D-Wade is probably one of the top 50 players to ever play, mm-hmm. um, which, which is which is a, a elite and rare category. Uh, D-Wade's lockdown defense, D-Wade was a great slasher, uh, also a good passer, led the league in scoring without having a three-point shooting game, really. But at the same token, if I'm just picking me personally, where I'm ranking shooting guards, um, I do, again, I, I look at D-Wade's D final two rings in the same way that you looked at Durant's two rings. It's like, yeah, you won those for sure, and he played a part in those for sure, but do you get those rings if you're not on a, a star-studded team? And again, it's no knock against D-Wade. I mean, that's kind of the era uh, that was really started when the Celtics teamed up KG, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not necessarily a knock against him, but I'm just looking at from an individual standpoint, like you're saying, legacy. I would argue that if Chris Paul doesn't get injured, then Harden has a ring already. And if that's the case, then I'm looking at Harden with that one ring. And, and I know it's, 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 a, it's an asterisk because it didn't happen, but I'm looking at Harden with that one ring and D wave first championship. And I would actually 
see I would actually put Harden above Wade. I, I think that Harden I think that Harden improves your team in ways that Wade couldn't. Um, especially from a scoring standpoint, shooting standpoint. Um, Art Harden has always been able to diversify his repertoire. Every year it seems like Harden's adding a new move. Uh and he's already unstoppable, unguardable now. And just getting better, even at even at what age 30, 31? Um, yeah, he's somewhere right now. Yeah, but but I mean, again, there's no there's no debate when it comes to defense. I mean, Wade's defense is, was elite, you know. So I think it's a little bit of an apples to oranges comparison, uh, I guess. What I'm getting at because they're different type of shooting guards. But if we're if I'm looking at best shooting guards of all time, I only two that I would say I would clearly put ahead of Harden, clearly with no debate or no pushback is Jordan and Kobe in that order. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, I understand your, your debate, your argument. I would say Kobe <laughs> and Jordan, uh, but that's neither here or there. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like I said, and man, hey, you know, that, the that's day. the great thing about it is that, you know, we all, we, you know, being able to have different perspectives in it, and, uh, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but oh, no, you good. that's one of the great things that, that's one of the great things about it is that, you know, it's more fun when we don't agree on the same thing and when we have different takes. So, yeah, most definitely, you know, you put Harden three all time. I put Harden number five all time as of right now, I'm pretty sure. Given if he's going to continue on the career path that he is going, I'm pretty sure at some point he's going to surpass Iverson. Dwayne Wade, on the other hand, I don't know, but if he gets two, it's a wrap for, for me and D. Wade. He's going to be right there at three, right behind Kobe and Michael Jordan. <laughs> Anthony, man, it was fun doing this show with you. Um, tell tell the people where they can find you at on Twitter. So my Twitter handle is at A underscore Duckett. Um, you can find me on there. I'm generally talking about sports, uh, most of the time Rockets. Uh, although, you know, occasional Texans, even though lately the Texans are really, you know, they, they've not make, been making me too happy lately, man. I haven't been too pleased. <laughs> I talk about the Texans enough on Locked On Texans, man. And all I all I know is this year is going to be very interesting. Yeah, uh, they've just got to be able to stay healthy. You know, they picked up Cooks, who has a bit of an injury history. Not so much, but he's missed a couple of Super Bowls, a lot of concussions he's racked up over the years. We know that Fuller is always, you know, ding, dinged up. Uh, David Johnson has an injury history. Um, Randall Cobb has a bit of an injury history. I'm hoping that that changes this year and that we can, you know, get a fully healthy team. Cause if we can, that's a pretty dangerous unit. <clears throat> mm. Yes, sir. You know, that's what I was saying on locked on Texans. You know, if everyone on that team can stay healthy and if Deshaun Watson and a couple other players, cause I know they kind of upset about what Bill O'Brien is doing. If one, if they can take their emotions out and go out there and perform and if everyone can stay healthy, I believe this team has a chance to be better than the teams that we saw the last two seasons, but I would have to take you on to Locked On Texans if you want to continue this discussion. <laughs> but right now, sure. this is Believe in the Rockets, man, and um, I appreciate sure. you jumping on today. And, um, you know, I, I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And, um, you know, prayers to you and your family. I hope everyone continues to be good. And hopefully the next time we do this, it could be facing face-to-face, which means the coronavirus will be over. So, well sure likewise and thanks for having me man i I had a blast once again this is believe in the rockets only on the believe podcast network please remember to subscribe to believe in the rockets on google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, stitcher megaphone and spotify also be sure to follow the page on twitter at believe in the rockets and of course once again this is cody davis please remember to follow me on twitter at cody davis underscore 24 that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. There's a lot going on in our world right now due to the pandemic of the coronavirus. But ladies and gentlemen, please remember, we will get through this. Trust God with all your heart. and Everything's going to be okay. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, once again, this is Cody Davis. Peace.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.